That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? It's been a week. It feels like it's been longer, but it's only been a week since our last podcast. Yeah, feeling good. How are you feeling, man? You covered a national title game, a national title team, I should say. Yeah. I mean, we were both there, but obviously that's your beat. Uh, how, 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 how have you come down? I feel great. Um, I had my, uh, my coworker here get the newspapers from the day before and the day after mm-hmm. so you know gotta get those wherever framed maybe put them right here where this one is you know nice. the whole yeah. the whole experience man it was great uh uh dallas was obviously fun you know a lot know a lot of people there and everything and so for to cover kim mulkey and that team is uh ooh, it's fun i was about to say yeah we covered two really good semifinals um i mean obviously the Iowa South Carolina game got got a lot, a lot of the headlines. Uh, the crowd was insane for that one, but I mean LSU Virginia Tech was a lot of fun too. Um, and then of course the last game. I mean LSU just people can talk about the officiating and all that stuff, but both teams had to deal with it. And um, LSU's bench. I mean I don't know. You've seen this team all year. Has Jasmine Carson ever ever come up with a game like that? <laughs> He's hit seven threes before in a game, but. Okay. Um... Let's just say it's very up and down. It was a very yeah. up and down year for Jasmine Carson, and she chose the right time yeah. to be up. Man, that's being in the arena for that, like that whole that whole weekend, just felt like, like obviously you seeing Iowa beat South Carolina, like you just like something's like I don't know. You just felt kind of like a moment for the sport, and yeah. uh, to be there in person was pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah that's what everybody who watched it on TV was like. Damn, this like felt big and everything. And obviously for us, like we were there. Like I've, I've obviously we've covered like big games before and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm in work mode already. So it's like, right. for me, it's just like, you know, boom, championship game, you know, there, all that stuff. Cool. Um, but then to hear from the outside people, like how big it felt, I mm-hmm. think that really puts it in perspective to me, like, damn, like we just, yeah. we just witnessed that, like yeah. that type of moment. And then seeing this, the numbers from ESPN of the viewership and everything like that. And then seeing, even though it is ridiculous, obviously all the uh, talk between Reese and, and Clark. Sure. I mean, that's someone said it best. It's like when people start talking ridiculous about your sport, like that's how you know you're getting a bunch of casuals viewing, and that's how that's people are watching. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, I actually didn't see it live. Like I didn't see the taunt live. Me neither. Um, I was so I had to watch. I had to kind of see. Yeah, exactly. We were in writing mode, so I had to like catch it on social media or something. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It was, it was, it felt, it felt pretty big. Um, I'll give you a plug, go check out all of Bruni's stuff over at the Bengal Tiger on, on three. And then, um, I put my uh, story on Alexis Morris up on texasbasketball.com, a uh, native Texan. Um, I went into, I went into the weekend thinking like, okay, I'll do something on either her or Samaya Smith, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I expected to write something after the semifinal. Cause it was like, okay, you know, it'd be, expecting they'd be underdogs right especially if south carolina won i was like okay well i don't want to do anything after a loss but then of course iowa won and i was like okay like i might i don't know if i want to burn that yet right i don't want to burn that story yet and sure enough i mean alexis morris oh my god like lex luther like we were joking but like lex luther was there man (laughs) fourth quarter man that's when she turns in she puts the I guess not the cape on for Lex Luthor. Oh, the, the bald cap? I don't know what yeah, the, Lex the, Luthor, <laughs> the Lex Luthor The Lex Luthor. green suit on. <laughs> boom, Lex Luthor mode. Uh, she's. I'm going to miss covering her uh, the past two years. She is yeah. a very, very interesting player to cover. Um, one of those athletes that always has a chip on her shoulder. I mean, after everything she's been through, sure. good and bad, it's been an incredible story. So, yeah, yeah, like you said, native Texan from Beaumont. And so uh, excited to see her in the NBA, WNBA draft. Uh, mm-hmm. this year but fun team fun year uh i just i wasn't expecting to cover a national championship so soon <laughs> i know right kim mulkey and, things man and now we're already oh well we'll get to, to all the portal stuff we're not gonna talk about lsu portal stuff but man yeah. there's a lot of women's basketball players in the portal 
and uh, a lot of them with LSU connections. So, mm-hmm. Ashley Wusu, come on down. Uh, the Oregon player, I forgot her name. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't um, see that one. Oregon's basically best player entered the WNB draft and then withdrew her name. And she was in Dallas celebrating with Angel Reese. Uh-huh. All of y'all, just come on down. There. Just keep it going. Just yeah. keep it going. We'll see. But anyways, a lot of Texas stuff to talk about from the past week. We got coaching changes. We got portal news. All that good stuff. But first, we got to talk about North Texas winning got the United championships. United. We got championship. We got rings to talk about. North Texas winning the NIT. We watched it together um at uh chop shop in mm-hmm. uh, mckinney shout out to chop shop and the unt alumni association for setting all that up awesome viewing experience really fun and uh man it was a game where north texas jumped out then jordan walker said no i'm gonna come back and win this thing mm. and it looked like he was going to and then north texas improbably some luck involved yes uh from officiating and just some shots that don't usually go in that went mm. in but North Texas made shots when it mattered, went on a run and locked down and wins the NIT over UAB. Um, a really remarkable feat when you think of the run that they went on to beat Sam Houston State, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, and then UAB. Four teams that are probably all in the top 60 in the country. Um, yeah. Really, really impressive run for North Texas. Yeah. Uh, 68-61 over UAB, their first NIT title. Um, just like everything that team had been through because like, obviously the Grant McCaslin, we'll get to that in a bit, but like the Grant mm-hmm. McCaslin rumors were starting to percolate. Um, and it was more or less like an, uh, a when, not if, and yeah. you know, it kind of, it, you kind of wonder what that stuff does to a team, right. Hearing that kind of noise, what it does to a coach, right. Like, you know, him knowing maybe behind the scenes that that this is his last chance coaching in green. Um, and yeah, it felt like, and it was funny sitting with you and you and uh, Colin Mitchell, your host on the Green Get the Green Room, uh, when Jordan Walker he didn't have a good tournament, right? And then when he started hitting those shots, you're just like, oh, of course, like it just like it's it's happening again. It's yeah. gonna. This is the way it is. It's always against North Texas, and um, and it 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 was fitting that it came down to him versus Tyler Perry, like the two yeah. best players in the conference, going at it, and finally. Tyler Perry and UNT get one over on him, and it's when it mattered most, man. Yeah, Tyler Perry with that one-on-one. If y'all haven't seen it, go look it up. The crossover step back. Oh, right in his face. Like, that face. Was cool. like, that's how it had to be iced. That's how it had to be iced. An absolute dagger sent the entire North Texas region and, and ish into a frenzy. <laughs> yes, there is video evidence of me going crazy over video that show. Of it's just jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, incredible shot. Awesome team. There's there's not much more to say, uh, yeah. but it's the North Texas. It's North Texas is the team in March that accomplished the most of any team in Texas this year, which is a uh, really substantial because we cover 50 teams. Yep, and um, you know obviously Houston and Texas or Texas makes the Elite Eight, so that's well noteworthy in itself. But North Texas to win the NIT is um, pretty substantial when you look at who has won the NIT before. And it's, you know, obviously Texas has done it, Penn State, you know, go down the list of Xavier. Xavier last year, yeah. Last year. And the road that they took to to make it that far is really, really admirable. And like you said, with Graham McCaslin, which we'll talk about in a bit, going to Tech, being all but confirmed throughout the entire tournament, I think it speaks to what this team is, what he's built, and uh, just the kind of person that he and uh, that coaching staff, what they are. Uh, so really, really uh, good win for them and shout out to north texas and with that the year is over the year's over ish and we covered all of the ncaa tournament losses on the last podcast i went back and made sure we covered texas and all that stuff but how are we recapping this year like if we had to put a bow on this year for texas basketball i guess men's and women's separately mm-hmm. I don't know how how we want to do this, but I'll, I'll just throw it to you and hope you you got it. <laughs> um, I'd say men's wise, I think it showed the depth overall depth. Um, obviously, we were kind of hoping that one of these teams would have been planned for a Final Four um, with it being in state. But regardless, we had Texas going to the Elite Eight. We had Houston going to the Sweet 16, obviously disappointing by their standards, but still one of the teams that was favored um, to make a run. TCU, of course, their season ended 
didn't end the way they wanted to, but it was still they were still a team, a dark horse team to watch. Baylor, similarly, and you just go down the list of and I'm Corpus Christi, and we just talked about UNT winning the 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 NIT and AM having a good year. And I'm having a good year. Like as far as like overall depth of the conference, like again, we can put the UTSAs, the I guess Lamar's off to the side, but like everybody else, more or less, like I'd say it was a pretty pretty solid year, right? As far as like there was nobody that was like ever out of their conference race outside of those those school t- uh, two teams I mentioned. Everybody else was more or less in the Texas hunt. Southern makes a run, yeah, yeah. Texas Southern makes a run, of course, because that's what Johnny Jones does. Um, everybody else was either like in the middle of the pack or like towards the top of their conference. And so I think on the men's side, yeah, I think it was just a kind of a statement of overall depth for the state. Um, the women, I mean. I'd say overall, it still is very deep as as far as like the whole picture is concerned, right? You still got SFA, you still got Commerce making a run. Um, but I'd say that it was probably a step back in terms of the top end talent. Um, as far as Conference USA goes, obviously that took a step back. Uh, Texas State, of course, made a good run, but UTA, right? And the WAC was kind of down. Obviously, Baylor and Texas didn't have the years they wanted to. So, like, as far as the top end goes, I'd say, yeah, it's probably was a step back from last year. But overall depth, I think, is still pretty much there. Um, Houston, yeah, I mean, SMU uh, yep. look, yeah, exactly, yeah. looking better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Rice, UTEP having decent years. It's like a lot of decent years. A lot yeah, of decent years, win. a lot of steps forward, right? UTSA, of course, it's a step forward under Karen yeah. Aston. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, and now it's kind of a – I feel like in the women's side we're seeing more, and we'll get to that, we're seeing more of a turning of the page, right, as far as like new eras, new regimes coming in, um, and a little bit of shuffling. Yeah. I think you worded it well. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about coaching changes first. Let's get to these because there's a good amount already. And teams are trying to fill their open spots if they have them. Uh, I think we got to start with the North, the North Texas and Texas Tech jobs. Grant McCaslin heads to Texas Tech from North Texas. It was announced right after the NIT championship. He gets on a plane over there the next day. Yep. And uh, he had his introductory press conference on Monday. So Grant McCaslin is the new head coach at Texas Tech. And then Ross Hodge replaces him at North Texas. It is a promotion, obviously, from within which was a trend um, on the men's side, at least mm-hmm. I mean, all three jobs that opened up were all replaced by um, people within. So uh, we'll get to those in a bit, but Ross Hodge to North uh, promoted North Texas, Grant McCaslin to Texas tech initial thoughts on those. Um, I mean, Grant McCaslin felt like a hand in glove fit for Texas tech. Um it felt like when I heard names like, oh, Paul Mills, and, you know, you heard mm-hmm. names like Rick Patino, they, they were trying to make a splash. It just felt like they were doing too much. Um, culture-wise, fit-wise, stylistically, it just felt like they needed to just hire Grant McCaslin. Like, yeah. if they wanted to kind of keep the similar uh, vibe of the team, right, defense first, that kind of instilled uh, uh, culture, it, he was the guy. And I think – there was some there was some hesitation when his name started percolating like there was i saw there were some contingent of UNT fans saying oh that's not you know eh he's he's it's either not going to happen or they're going to overlook him right yeah. um and i think in his press conference he kind of said why he eventually why i think he left cuz i don't think he would have left for any job right i obviously oklahoma last year right i don't think he was going to leave for just any job asking you he wasn't going to leave for right right um, but in his introductory press conference, he said it right away. And I think this is why he, why he left. I be, uh, quote unquote, I believe we can win a national championship at Texas tech. And that's it. Right. Like I think UNT is a great setup. I think he's helped build that program into at least right now, probably the best mid-major in the state easily. Um, at least right now, like Houston's going to the big 12. And so that they don't count as a mid-major anymore. Yeah. Um, and so sure. But I don't want to say he's done everything he could do at UNT, but like more or less, right? Like NIT championship upset in the first round over Purdue a couple of years ago. I mean, barring making a Cinderella run in the tournament, like like FAU did, but yeah, right, yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's, which again, that's like a once in a once in a lifetime type of thing. Yeah. And so, like, sure, he wants if if he thinks that Texas Tech can win a national championship, and again, they played for one a couple of years ago. 
I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't take that opportunity. Yeah, and like you said, Texas Tech, to not only does this keep the defense, you know, kind of the, a similar identity to what they've had in the past, but you get that without having Chris Beard and Mark Adams right. any type of relation to that staff. Now you go the right. Scott Drew route. Mm-hmm. And that is, as we've seen, you have Scott Drew, Jerome Tang, and now Grant McCaslin all in the same conference. And that is awesome, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Mills then goes to Wichita State, so now he's in the American, so now he'll be playing you know, Ross Hodge and them. Yep. Uh, but you get a great person at Texas Tech. And I understand that's a very cliche thing because all, all these coaches, you know, they all want to be great people and everything like right. that. I just, for Grandma Caston to coach out the NIT the way that he did and to still be invested the way that he was, because if he wasn't invested, players would have known, right? Like, players right. understand, like, they see if he's invested in or not, if he's taking calls, like, you know, while they're doing scouting or something like that. Like, he, they see it. Mm-hmm. There was never a drop in focus. And for me, that says everything about Graham McCaslin and what he is and what he's done. I mean, he, if Texas Tech has, if Texas Tech fans have any hesitation, um, I don't know what more he could have proven in the introductory press conference and what more mm-hmm. he could have proven at North Texas. Um, every single year getting better and better and better. Coming over there with the resume that he has, I mean, it's a fantastic, again, outside of going to get Rick Patino or whoever you know, Billy Donovan or whoever else you wanted. Mm-hmm. There's uh, not many candidates that could have been better than Graham McCaslin to go to Texas Tech. It's uh, yeah. awesome. I'm excited for him and uh, hope he does Hope he does great because if they can get that thing rolling, that is, they're going to be in, you know, Sweet 16s, Elite 8s every single year. And that's yep. going to be real exciting. The Big 12, I mean, as we know, add Houston, add Grant McCaslin, <sighs> just yeah, Rock. and like in Rock. Wichita State's got a new coach as well. Um, Paul Mills wasn't. Oh no, not Paul. Yeah, Paul Mills. Yeah, Paul, Paul Mills. Mills Wichita State. No, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Um, actually, why did I say them? They're going to the AC. They're going to the um, They're still in the AC. But yeah. um, UCF was solid this year. UCF, uh, Cincinnati BYU was solid this year, right? BYU's solid. They're always solid in the West Coast Conference. So like, you add a premier program like Houston. You add a Grant McCaslin. You add solid, you know, top seventy-ish programs, sixty-ish yeah. programs. And yeah, the Big Twelve just overnight just get at least for this one year is going to be stupid crazy until at least Texas leaves and then Oklahoma leaves. But at least for this one year, it's going to be kind of stupid crazy for yeah. <laughs> for this year. Um. All right, we can go through the other ones kind yep. of a little bit faster here. Ross Hodge at North Texas, I think it's a great fit. I think it's a logical fit. Mm-hmm. Seven years with Grant McCaslin from Arkansas State. To North I will Texas. say Brett Vito did say I think uh, he'll have to hire mostly a new staff because it looks like all Brett Vito tweeted was that. Uh, maybe I read it wrong, but because I don't follow Revito anymore. Um, sure. But all he tweeted out from what I saw was that there was no one else listed on the roster. Now, with that being said, Ross Hodge said at his press conference today, uh, Coach Brower was going to text or was not returning. So we have that right. at least. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much, um, you know, that's not always like. I do find it interesting when coaches get those next jobs stepped up mm-hmm. because, like, you can kind of see. Not necessarily who he, uh, not necessarily who he values from his old staff, but like who can maybe make the step up to the to the next level, right? Because they don't always take everybody, right? They sometimes just like, you know, maybe this guy's not quite ready for Texas Tech or things like that. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if he takes his old staff or if he has a guy in mind um, that he wants to bring. Like, um, yeah, I don't know, but we'll just see. Yeah. So uh, that'll be an interesting, you know, transition between Tech North Texas. See who goes where and who they end up hiring as assistants. Um, it's Jason Hooten, right? I don't. I didn't write the first yes. name. Yes. Jason Hooten. I just have Hooten. Uh, Hooten from Sam Houston State goes to New Mexico State. We've covered that before, but uh, Sam Houston State promotes Chris Mudge as the head coach, spent 13 seasons. So basically was there the entire time Hooten was there mm-hmm. um, at Sam Houston State. So I don't know enough about Mudge. Um, obviously, uh, Hooten did a great job there defensively and – Mudge can keep that going, then um, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then Steve Lutz and Corpus Christi goes to West Kentucky. They promote Jim Shaw from uh, within. I am I'm typically hesitant about promoting from within, just like like immediately. Yeah, I feel like there should be a bit of a search, but I don't know. At all three of these places, it makes sense. But I'm trying to think of a time where it's never not made sense to just promote from within after having success. 
Um, I'd say like, I don't know, because especially with McCaslin and the ones I could have maybe seen was Lutz, right? Maybe yeah. I could have seen corporate because he was only there for a couple of years. Um, so I maybe could have seen them not see this, but like somebody with Hooten and McCaslin, somebody who was there kind of established their own identity, like sure, it might made sense. Um, for Corpus, I feel like that's just a hard, like Lutz was such a good find for them. Like, I feel like they wouldn't like, they had to just like try to cling on to this era. Um, and for all intents and purposes, right. Jim Shaw was, he was an assistant at Texas state before this under Danny Casper. And I think one year under uh, TJ, um, Terrence Johnson, but he was one of Lutz's first hires. Um, he was a well, he's a well-respected uh, assistant around the state. So I think there, when he got the interim job, there were some coaches telling me like, I, I, think he's the guy um yeah. internally so we'll see um he was the only one that i maybe had a slight hesitation on just because of longevity right he was only there for mm -hmm. two years but two years. um if they just like what they saw and they want to maintain that sure why not yeah and if we include rodney terry that's another coach that was just uh, that's, that's a good point too yeah so for, a lot mm -hmm. of coaches uh not not a big searches for uh, any of these men's jobs on the mm -hmm. women's side it gets a little bit more interesting jason burton goes from AM corpus or i'm sorry AM commerce Mm -hmm. to north texas i think that's a great hire for north texas um obviously we've talked about AM commerce a lot on this podcast and what they've done yep um obviously in division two and now division one uh and then mark kellogg was poached man that came Ren out of nowhere didn't it Ren, ba Ren baker goes out and poaches mark kellogg uh mm. great hire from Ren baker now i'm not just saying that because he's my friend but no that was that 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 came out of nowhere and I was a little upset, but it is what it is. Um, he's going to the big 12. At least we get to still cover him in some capacity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that, that, that news dropped. And I was like, wait, excuse me. Like what? But it made sense when Ren Baker, you know, he knows the state obviously. So he obviously have had to have had some familiarity with mid majors around the state. Um, yeah. That was an incredible hire. Uh, Burton at UNT was not an unsuspected, un, yeah, unsuspected hire, but like, I like it. I thought he would be maybe a year away from getting another job, because okay. um, Commerce had a great, great year, uh, great run in D two uh, past couple of years before they transitioned. They were solid this year. Um, had a lot of injuries. Deonte Robinson, their All American D two guard, was was out towards the end, but they made a run to I believe the conference semifinals or something mm -hmm. um, in Southland. Uh, Still, so yeah, I, I I still like him a lot. Um, I it is a little, it's a slight risk in terms of like maybe trying to get him early before really everybody's on on his trail. Um, but you know he's a commerce lifer too, which is something that's interesting. Um, he was a men's assistant before he became uh, the women's head coach. He played there at commerce, so um, I'm gonna be interested to see kind of his connections kind of way out. Yeah, well, they had uh, North Texas moved on from Jaylee Mitchell, and it kind of just was the right By time. By the way, um, speaking of Jaylee Mitchell, I know this is a college podcast, but uh, keep an eye out for her name coming up maybe in high school soon. Mm, an yeah, ish scoop. Maybe, maybe, maybe around somewhere around the area. So mm, Hashtag ish scoop. So yeah, there you go. Jaylee Mitchell might not be going away. Mm. <laughs> All right. Keep that cl clip that clip that one producer. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark Campbell uh, is hired at TCU. Obviously re replacing Reagan Peebly, uh, Reagan Peebly. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, Mark Campbell comes from Sacramento state. I did not have time to do a background check on him. Yeah. He, so he was an assistant for, uh, he was one of the key assistants for that. Uh, the Sabrina uh, Ianesu um, Oregon mm -hmm. teams. Um, and so that's where his kind of, that's where he kind of cut his teeth. Uh, he was only at Sacramento state for a couple years, but he was basically the key, one of the key architects of that whole era of Oregon when I believe they probably would have won a national title had COVID not stopped that year with uh, Sabrina mm -hmm. and Satu Sabali and those, that team. Um, I think I'm trying to think I couldn't remember if Sedona Prince was on that team or not. Um, regardless, he was the associate head coach of that Oregon team that probably could have won a national title that year. So that's kind of where he, his background came, for, came from. Um, I saw he brought a lot of uh, Oregon assistants over. So if you look at the TCU page, it is um, a lot of Oregon ties to that. So um, I want to say he played a key part in bringing Sedona Prince to Oregon um, from Texas. So, yeah, um, I think that was another interesting hire. Um, somebody who's not, not a conventional hire, obviously, but somebody who is – you know, six, who has a successful background and kind of a proven background. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see where that goes. 
And yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. Misty Wilson uh, and Tarleton part ways, and uh, Bill Brock is hired again. I did not get the uh, Bill Brock uh, rundown. Yeah, I mean, this is a longtime assistant under Kim Mulkey at Baylor. Um, yeah. He's a he's a kind of he's a really beloved figure in in kind of all levels of basketball. Um, I believe he coached at grayson college i think um at the juco level and he basically established himself as like one of the most reliable um developers player developers in the state so um yeah kim mulkey went to of course went to lsu he did not follow um and so they, he was kind of on the market for um uh for a job and i gotta credit tarleton that's kind of a it's kind of a dynamite hire considering um you know, he's not, he's not the young, he's not an up and coming coach, but it's like not many times you're going to get like an established, well-respected head coach like that. Um, and so he was kind of right there, right there uh, in the waiting for it. So. All right. Transfer portal. Um, a lot on the men's side. I skimmed through the women's side. I have four names we'll get to. Okay. But the men's side is just someone took a dynamite and just threw it in college basketball <laughs> and pressed the TNT and just did it's like just in the cartoons, just, just blow it all up. Just blew up. Yeah. Um, Texas. I I don't remember last year being this like many players from Texas in the portal. Not this I, early. Could be wrong. Yeah, at least this it, early. Like, it I felt like these are names. Yeah. I mean, then names. again, I think the biggest one last year was Terrence Shannon. Like the second Tech got eliminated. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like, Terrence Shannon. Like boom, I'm out. Matthew, Matthew Mayer. Uh. Um, uh, uh, um, oh my god also from tech marjorie's mcbride from north texas oh my god he was at kansas uh mcculler mcculler kevin mcculler that's, that's a big one that's um big. yeah you had those Jalen tyson he went yeah he went yeah i mean Jalen tyson sure uh but yeah i mean yeah it was like it was kind of like rotational like shannon kendrick and mcculler davis. were the big kendrick ones davis. kendrick davis yeah okay yeah Kendrick, Kendrick Davis. Davis now, now we're thinking now we're okay. thinking for okay. a second hold on Sule boom Sule boom Sule boom okay so we, yeah, we had some we had some but I don't See, feel like I don't know how many of those happened early. April 5th like right by April 5th I don't think all those and also this is a comparable list here that I'm looking at right now this is probably an even deeper list of I was about to say this is definitely a deeper list so far and we're still not done like right. you know we don't know who is gonna leave tech like now that these hires are made yeah and we'll see what these coaches do and who they kind of push out, who players don't want to play for, things like that. So, okay, let's let's. Here's the list of the top players. I have a secondary list here. Yep. But the top players in, that have entered the portal on the men's side: Tyler Perry, North Texas; L.J. Cryer, Baylor; Fardos, Amac, Tech; Tramon, uh, Mark, Houston; Abu Usman, uh, North Texas; Quincy Olivari, Rice; Nate Calmes from Lamar. For those who don't know, 17 and a half points per game as a freshman. Uh, Jacob Germany, UTSA, Freddie Hicks, Tarleton. By the way, that's the entire, basically the entire UTSA team's gone. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole UTSA team's gone. I did not list them, but um, (laughs) Freddie Hicks, Tarleton, Shahada Wells, TCU, and Trevian Tennyson from AM Corpus Christi. That is, off the top of my head, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven names that probably most of them we're probably in consideration like or at least honorable mention in like our texas all texas team lists i was about to say like these guys could probably start if not be a sixth man on like any team in the state probably yes like more or less like that's insane that is a deep deep list yeah that is a crazy list so let's start let's start with the guards Let's sure. see, I didn't I didn't organize these by position, but like if we just do guards first, which mm-hmm. most of these are guards, but still Tyler Perry, LJ Cryer, Tremont Mark, Quincy Olivari. Let's let's just start with those four. Sure. Because that's a, that's a four players that all average like 16 plus points per game. Yep. Perry, Cryer, Mark, Olivari. Um Perry is obviously being suited by a ton of big high major schools, you know, go down the list, Texas, Texas Tech, so on and so forth. LJ Cryer is kind of the most puzzling one. Him and Tremont Mark, sure. Um, cover uh, are probably the two ones that I'm the most like. Oh, okay, that doesn't make a ton of sense coming from winning teams and having big roles. Um, and then Quincy Olivari, obviously going from Rice, um, is is makes sense just mm-hmm. because we've talked about Rice before. But like when you look at those four players, how do we want to like? talk about like where they could go why they left i don't know yes yeah, so i do have updates on um 
Perry and Mark, at least. Uh, I haven't I haven't looked up LJ Carr quite yet. So Brett Vito tweeted out he had he talked to Tyler Perry just about in general. Um, he says the reason why he's transferring. A lot of people just say, "Oh, it's Grant McCaslin." Well, it's like it's not really that. Like it's like basically. Let me see. Where's the quote? He says he wouldn't have won. He wouldn't want to have spent the last two years with anyone else than the people he was with at North Texas coaching and roster wise. Right. And so I think that's pretty telling when it comes to kind of his mindset is like, sure. Grant McCaslin's the big one, but like a lot of these guys are, go- are moving on. Right. Abu's main's leaving. Yeah. Probably Ruben. Jo- we'll see what Ruben Jones does, but like, you know, he's so far right now. Kai hunts, right. A lot of these guys aren't going to be here, including Grant McCaslin and whoever he takes with him from the, from the coaching staff. So I can see why he wanted to leave. Um, I think there were some tweets yesterday that talked about some of the programs he heard from. Um, among those, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Cal, Wake Forest, Mississippi State, Oklahoma State. Um, Texas, one of the uh, fan sites for Texas Tech did say that Texas Tech had reached out to him um, after he after those other schools had, had were mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be one to watch. Um, obviously, Conference USA Player of the Year. Um, we've talked about kind of his limitations, you know, size-wise, um, what kind of fit does he have in a Power 5 conference? Um, can he play in the Big 12? Can he at least plays the wrong word? Can he be himself in the Big 12, I guess is is what I should say. Um, can he be, this, be the same type of dominant scorer he was? Um, yeah, and then just kind of touching on Tremont Mark, I looked up his right now. Um, he's told um, on three, Arkansas, Florida, Kansas State and Texas A&M are t- teams that have reached out to him so far. So he was a highly touted recruit coming out of Dickinson. Um, yeah, I mean he's a he's a bucket getter, and he's somebody who I'd be curious to see how that one how that one unfolded, right? Because it seemed like he was kind of in line to be with Jamal Shedd as the starting backcourt next year at Houston. So he would have been the leading scorer next year. He probably would have. That's yeah. what I don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, everybody has their reasons, obviously, to leave. And sure. Um, who knows? Kelvin Sampson just has not had that issue before of players transferring right. out. And obviously the transfer portal has only been prominent for like two or three years, but like we haven't seen those type of players leave. Yeah. And with his style, with the style of Houston and with how good Sasser was, you would think Mark would be like, I can just step into that role, you know, right. be all American and go from there. And then a quick update on LJ cry from Jeff Borzello um, of ESPN. Kansas, Texas, Kansas State, Houston, Gonzaga, Mississippi yeah, State, everybody, Texas A&M, Nebraska, Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, Purdue, and your boys at LSU. So, hey, there you go. <laughs> um, on, honestly, honestly, I kind of hope he goes to Kansas State. Oh, I thought you were gonna say LSU. I mean, I, I want to see him play. Come on now, I want to see. I want. I want to cover him. All right, you can cover him whenever, but I want to be able to see him cover. And I. I, I hey, think man, you get that one game a year at AM, you could you can go to <laughs> the one game, yeah. Thanks. Uh I mean, I think he'd be a lot of fun taking over that lead guard role for Kansas State. At oh, Kansas no. State, I don't I mean, I just love Tang and that whole staff, obviously. That's so. that's my thing. I think like Tang obviously was involved in his recruitment, so I'm wondering if that's the biggest connection. Ooh. Good point. Good yeah. point. All right, so there's Perry Cryer, Mark, and then Olivari. I'm assuming I don't know if you, you want to qu- do a quick Twitter search of Olivari yep. to see. I'm assuming it's a similar. Every list is the same right now. It's every single team in the country, pretty much. Basically, like if you need a player, they're gonna keep looking for you. Or <laughs> like, at least you're gonna... like in the South. I feel like it's you know a lot of Arkansas is a lot of so. On so, so this forth. was uh, let's see. B- b- uh, he had a Zoom meeting last update. Was he had a Zoom meeting with UNC or sorry USC? Um, that was back in early or late I remember March. Remember, Drew Peterson went to South uh, uh, USC. Okay. Uh, Rice to USC pipeline? Maybe. Think about maybe. It. Think we'll about see. It. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I think, let's see. I think Arkansas is reaching out to him because there's a lot of Arkansas fans commenting under his stuff. So Arkansas. I wonder if that's. Don't get me started on Arkansas. I was about to say, Eric, uh, Eric Musselman's like a, a mercenary right now. Yes. <laughs> Looking after Don't everybody. So. On Arkansas. <laughs> Okay, so those are those four. Yeah. Um, let's go to some bigs now. Fardos, sure. Abu. I was about um, to say, Fardos can go anywhere, basically. I think. Fardos <laughs> will go anywhere, anywhere he wants. Abu, Jacob Germany, Freddie Hicks. Freddie Hicks is like a six-seven wing forward, whatever you want to call him. That's mm-hmm. a, again, really good group there. Fardos can go anywhere he wants. Obviously, we'll see where he ends up. I would assume 
heck, I mean, Kansas probably should try to poach him again. Just keep poaching those Texas Tech players. Right. Um, Abu is an interesting one because it's similar to Tyler in where North they looked really, really good in the North Texas system mm-hmm. where those two were getting a high percentage of the shots. Yeah. Abu and Tyler. It's going to be very interesting at the next level because Abu is not a great athlete. He's not he's, – he's a good defender and a good rebounder, but how, do, how would it look in the, let's just say, SEC or Big 12 or Big 10? Sure. Um, so how much of a step up? It's kind of that my similar hesitation with him is the same I have with Tyler. Mm-hmm. In how big of a step up do you really want to take to prove yourself? Like you can prove yourself at a step up, but mm-hmm. like there's a difference between going, you know, with a moderate step up and then going to, you know, trying to go to Texas. Like sure. there's a different level. Right. Um, at least according to this report, Abu. I'll just keep it to a couple. Tech obviously has reached out, and then LSU is one of the other schools that's reached out. Hey. Um, if I'm a Caslin, yeah, because we were talking about this during the the NIT final, we're like, who would you take, right? If you're my Caslin, obviously, yeah. in an ideal world, and you can imagine they'd fit in perfectly. You take all the good players and you just bring them to North Texas Tech, right? That's not how it works. Um, but you, I feel like you do want guys who and I'm going to use a Texas State analogy here because we're seeing it in, in football. G.J. Kenny is now the head coach of Texas State, and he brought over some incarnate word guys, right? Is everybody going to start? Is everybody going to be a great, the best player on Texas State? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't hurt to have one or two guys who just know how you are and know what the system is. I think Abu Uzman's kind of that guy. I don't know if he'd start at Texas Tech, right? But he's a guy I'd want in the building. I think I just want him around, right? I'd want to see, like, depending on whoever he has, if Daniel Bacho stays there, um, I'd kind of want somebody to see how big in Grant McCaslin's system plays, right? I think it wouldn't hurt. I think at worst, I mean, what? If Abu Usman's your second big, at worst, psh, yeah, I'll take that, you know, like if you're Texas Tech. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I They don't have to be stars, right? I don't think Tyler Perry has to come in and score 17 points if he's going to be – if he if he goes somewhere like Tech. But having somebody just around who knows coaches' tendencies, who knows how kind of practice goes, how game planning goes, um, I think that's all we kind of – we've we, me and you have kind of penciled in Ruben Jones as like a future Tech player. Yeah. It's just like he just fits the mold of what he looks for. Um, and you can kind of see him contributing. And so I think Abu Usman somebody like that where, you know – He's not going to come in and just keep up the same numbers at North Texas, but he's somebody who, like, yeah, just give us, just give me somebody who I know can do a job, and there's something to be said about that reliability. Yeah, I mean, here at LSU, they hired Matt McMahon from Murray State, and he brought over it three didn't players. Didn't necessarily work out. He brought his guys. <laughs> brought three players from Murray State, and uh, only one was worth anything. Yeah, uh, he was really good. KJ Williams, all SEC caliber player. The other two were just didn't work out. And one was right. a six foot guard that uh, he's not as good as Tyler Perry. But again, you have those hesitations when you have a smaller guard bringing him to the SEC level. Sure, uh, it will be interesting. But I do think your point is right. You do you would like to bring a couple over? I think two. If you can bring two over, if you're Grant McCaslin, two that you know can contribute. If all goes yep. right. I've thrown out the names like Aaron Scott. I think Ruben Jones is an interesting name. Abu maybe. Um, maybe Tyler, two of those four, bring them in and go from there. Mm-hmm. But um, talent acquisition for Grant McCaslin at Texas Tech is going to be my most um, interesting aspect, is going to be the most interesting aspect of that because he's one with junior college players, Division two players, transfers at North Texas. Now it's going to be, you know, translating to Texas Tech. He wasn't winning at North Texas because of talent, and you can take right. that one of two ways. That's either really, really good or that's really scary. <laughs> so, um Got him. Uh, Jacob Germany, I think, has been hearing from a good amount of people. I, yeah, I, I Germany, thought he's a really he, skilled guy. and really. He tweeted out that he was headed to uh, Wichita State this weekend. So Okay. okay. We're not headed to, but like visiting Wichita State. So he's going to an, um, another team in the American. At least a, a team that could probably win some games in the American. <laughs> I was like, man. I'm sorry. The, I, I just like UTSA lost nine players to the portal. <laughs> yeah, that program stinks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not not good, but hey, they don't have when you have, have, have Satu when you have Satu Sabali yeah. from the WNBA tweeting out that your coach is garbage <laughs> because their brother left, like Lamine Sabali's in the portal. Like you're in a bad spot. You're in a bad spot. So yeah, yeah. um 
If Jacob, look, let's put it this way. If Jacob Germany goes to Wichita State and becomes an all-conference, all-AAC player, what, 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 what we got? What we got going on? Me. I wouldn't it, surprise me either, but I'm just saying, like, what, what we got? Really what we got skilled. going on? <laughs> like, I think he's really skilled. He's a veteran. He's an athlete. Yeah. He's athletic. Um, Yeah, I mean, UTSA does not care about the basketball program. So, us as a Texas podcast. Men's basketball program, we should say. Men's basketball program. I'm yes, sorry. We, we stay in Karen Aston. We stay in Karen Aston. All right. Emails have been sent. All right. Yes. <laughs> Karen Aston, we'll, we'll get her on the pod again. Yes. The men's basketball program, they have decided they do not care about. So why should I care about it? That's fair. All right. Y'all don't have a team right now. You don't have a team. So anyway. Hope you stay in state, Jacob of Germany, but go wherever you recalled. Go, Jacob. Be free. Be free. <laughs> Be free. Go to North Texas. Come on up. Why not? Yeah, why not? Come on up. Um, all right, uh, Freddie Hicks from Tarleton, 16 points per game, a sophomore, so still a couple years of eligibility left here. I think that's a really interesting player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, you know, if, if, I mean, there's been tweets about every single player in the portal at this point. I don't know if it's yeah. Um, very, I'm seeing, again, these are like just kind of what I'm seeing, right? I mm-hmm. saw SMU attached to his name. Um, that would kind of make sense. It would. Um, but again, I'm not going with like these are like the most solid, yeah. you know, solidly sourced things. I'm just are literally they, they blue checks. Do they pay for Twitter? Yeah, I was about to say, do they pay for Twitter? Uh, that's the only way to really, <laughs> that's the only way to really verify. Um, the one I'm kind of interested in is Shahada Wells. You know, yes. big big player at, at UTA a couple years ago didn't really translate to TCU. He's a capable scorer. Yeah. Uh, just it's just kind of like kind of figuring out where his next role is. It's kind of like that Zach Nuttall situation. A little bit, um, yeah, actually. Well, he was hurt. Remember, he was hurt his first year, so last right. year. And then this past year, he played a lot, played a good amount uh, at TCU. Just wasn't an impactful player for TCU, which I thought they wanted him to be, which like they kind of kept forcing the issue, hoping he'd break through. He kind of never did. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'd be interested to see him at a myriad of school. Heck, I mean, Texas Tech, Graham McCaslin? Like, listen. Just, just a, another Maybe. guard to have there. I think sure. Never have too many solid guards. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. Uh, Nate Calmes at Lamar. We've talked about him before on this podcast. Freshman from Arizona, um, seventeen and a half points per game. He's it. Look, all I did when I compiled this list is I'm going to be honest with you right now. I went to the on three rankings mm-hmm. and I looked through the top three hundred transfer yeah. portal targets they had, and they had Nate Calmes. I don't remember where it was. They were somewhere, somewhere in the one hundred fifty to two hundred range. I mean, he's that, a, he's a, he's a get freshman who puts up point. If it's a if you're a freshman who puts up double figures as a starter, and you're fr- yeah, yeah, you, somebody somebody should take a chance on that. Somebody will take a chance on him. All right, that's all I got to say. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for him. Uh, and then Travion Tennyson, personally, as a North Texas fan, come on down. <laughs> I, listen, I would lo- again. I would love for him. He's one of those where it's like you kind of feel like he's probably penciled in for Western Kentucky, but you kind of hope he stays in the state. Yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping. Hoping. We're hoping. Yeah. Uh, Where's he? Actually, I need to see where he's from because I do want to see if it's like Kentucky. Sorry, I was about to say uh, <laughs> it would not shock me. He's actually from Kentucky. Uh, he is from Arlington. Okay. Oh, hey, there you go. Or SMU. You know, SMU. North somewhere. Texas. UTA, SMU, North UTA. Texas, anywhere. Come on down, Travian. He's awesome. All go. right, second tier of players. Yes. Not to diminish these players, but they are <laughs> second tier. Uh, Dale Bonner, Baylor, obviously played a pretty good big role at Baylor this past year that goes in the portal. Elijah Fisher, Texas Tech. Robert Jennings, Texas Tech. P.J. Haggerty, we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Former Mr. Texas basketball. Yep. Javante Brown, Ferguson, A&M. Deshaun Jackson, Abilene Christian, Eddie Lamp. Oh, and then um, I have, we have the other news. Of Eddie Lampkin going to Colorado, TCU signing Jameer Nelson Jr., and DJ yep. Richards going from UTSA to McNeese. I think DJ Richards is pretty good, but uh, which of these names do you want to talk about? Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about uh, Lampkin and, and Jameer Nelson Jr. Uh, you know, obviously TCU connection there. Uh, Lampkin looked like he was headed to Georgetown. Um, I believe some yeah. some people on Twitter put that out there um, after the uh, uh, head coaching hire was announced there. Um, I'm forgetting his name already from Providence. Oh my God. Cooley. Cooley. Ed Cooley. Um, so it looked like he was going there, but obviously uh, turn a face. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully he can kind of get his career back on track after some injuries. He's a, you know, a gifted player. Um, hopefully he'll kind of turn things around there. And then Jameer Nelson Jr., that's a huge pickup. 
like that's a pretty big pickup for them. First of all, my first reaction was Jesus Christ, there's already Jameer Nelson Jr. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I'm almost to that age. Oh, it's, it's awful. I hate it. Um, the fact that Dwight Howard's still playing and like Jameer Nelson, that's, that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's a 20 point per game scorer from Delaware, obviously the son of Jameer Nelson, a uh, former all star NBA guard. But yeah, they, they add a all conference 20 point per game score, three assists, four rebounds, like 45% from the field. Like TCU, like uh, obviously you lose a Mike Miles, you're going to need to figure something out in the backcourt. And that's a pretty damn good get if, if, uh, if you ask me. I was gonna, I was gonna refute your Jameer Nelson All Star. Uh, he did. Guard. He made an All Star game. Made one All Star game. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're he right. made it. Don't. Yeah, I was about to say. Don't. Don't come at me. No, I mean I know who Jameer Nelson is. Okay, I know. I know how good he was. He made the All Star game the year they made the finals. Okay. Yeah. All, all love to him. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. Trying to diss Jameer Nelson here. Come on now. Yeah, caught me off guard. You respect. You respect Jameer Nelson. I I do. I do. It just caught me off guard when you called him All Star Guard. Okay. He's, he's, <laughs> hey, look, he's in state now. He's, he'll he'll come find you. <laughs> he'll come find me. He'll come I'm find you next it, time you come visit. I'm just saying. It, it, it <laughs> caught me off guard. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that will be a big one. They TCU has been in the mix for a lot of players, at least from what I've seen. I was about to say, Jamie Nixon. He he. I I think that for him, the program's in a good spot, and for a long time it wasn't. And so I think that it's just like he's in this mindset of like, why would I back? Why would I take a backseat now? You know, there's no time to rebuild. Um, he's found success in the portal, so why not just continue to go to look through there? So yeah, it feels I, like it feels like he's hungry now. Like oh he's, yeah, he's got a taste of it. That's about to say, yeah. Come on, we're getting everybody. <laughs> okay, uh, Dale Bonner. Let, let's do let's do a quick. I think all these players. No, okay. Do all these players take a step down? Bonner, Fisher, Jennings, Haggerty, Brown, Ferguson, Jackson as those six, six players. I think the only one that could take a step up – well, I can't say the only one. Deshaun uh, Jackson from Abilene Christian, I think he could maybe – He could maybe take a step up. Um, um, I Haggerty, think everybody else – maybe. Maybe. I think Haggerty may be a horizontal move. They would have to know how good he – was in high school and like what he's right. capable of like right that, i don't think like a school in like california is going to be like oh pj haggerty's on the market right right it would not stun me if haggerty ended up closer to home i'm not saying at houston but like closer to that area like if it was like whether it's an hbc you know southern or prairie view or or like or uta right he stays yeah. up north um so i don't know i he, i feel like a horizontal move or a slightly lower move might be for him. Yeah. Um, I could see a mid-major for him and him really flourishing. His game's kind of unorthodox. He's not really the cleanest looking player, but he knows how to score. Um, and that's that's all you can really all you can really do. Um, I'm trying to think. My think pitch that, for all yeah. of SMU and North Texas, or for SMU and North Texas, will be, uh, or not even pitch. It's just going to be like they feel like they're in the perfect spot to get like <laughs> those top players that drop down and then the lower players that jump up. Yeah, and just just be that middle ground. Just be that middle ground for like the Travian Tennyson's PJ. Hattie. I agree. Like just boom. Right. Um, all right. Uh, DJ Richards. I really, really like at, mm-hmm. at UTSA as a freshman, really scoring guard. Um, talked to Will Wade two weeks ago. He was excited to get him over there. So again, another UTSA player that is going to thrive away. From <laughs> away from UTSA. Will Wade, he'll he'll score points with Will Wade. Let's just say there you go. Points will be scored. He might be in that Cam Thomas role next year. <laughs> okay, uh, let's close it out. Uh, the women's basketball side again. I skimmed through it, um, but four names: Quincy Noble from North Texas, huge name right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Diana Rosenthal uh, from Prairie View, big name. Kendall Hunter from Texas, and Adriana Event from Texas Southern. Where do you want to start? Quincy Noble's probably going to like a Big Twelve school. <laughs> I was about to say Quincy. I feel like Quincy Noble's going to be set. Yeah, it's going to be set for a bigger thing. Honestly, aside from maybe Kendall Hunter, everybody's going to be stepping. Like Dinah Rosenthal and Adriana Event were like leading scores, dominant scores on on for Southern and Prairie View. Um, Hunter was a four star recruit coming out of high school. I I wonder if the rest of her game. She's an incredible shooter. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if the rest of her game may not be there for some top tier programs. Um, It wouldn't stun me to see her like in a a slight, like if she stays power five, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I think she might drop down to mid-major though. 
uh, because I feel like a player of her skill talent could really dominate at that level and kind of let the rest of her game kind of come to her. Um, But I agree. Quincy Noble's going to be, that's an easy call. Like, I think that's a Nia Boyd situation, except without her probably transferring back to (laughs) mid-majors. She's going to fill it up. Right. um, Wherever she goes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Kendall Hunter is going to be really interesting to me because she she was away from the team for the second half of the year, pretty much um, for undisclosed reasons. So hopefully everything's okay. They worked through all that. Um, But I think she can be a really good player wherever she goes. Uh, Diana Rosenthal and Adriana Vent coming from Prairie View in Texas Southern. We've talked about them a lot um, and how talented they are. So again, it's that how big of a jump can you take or do you want to take, you know, because it becomes a risk the higher you, you know, go up. Um, so where, where do they go? We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's a, it's a good group to start off yeah. with on the women's side. I did, I gave a good look and those were the four names that really stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're still, we haven't gotten the heavy dominoes like we have on the men's side. Um, I guess it's not really transfer news, but like we did get word that Asia Blackwell is coming back for Baylor, um, yeah. which is massive. So, they're going to be in for a pretty fun fun year potentially next year if they hold on to everybody. Um, I'm assuming they'll make some portal pickups because you got Sarah Andrews, now Blackwall, and Edwards, of course, becomes eligible um, next year. So Baylor, we'll see, man. I, I'm really ex- – Baylor's going to be a team that I'm going to have to, like, talk myself down of hyping too much, I feel like, because we were kind of heavy – we were high on them this year coming in. And then yeah. we kind of saw things kind of fall away with injury and the Gianna Edwards situation. And so the way they ended, I'm pretty optimistic. So I'll have yeah. to kind of hold myself back uh, to, to without like overhyping them or overrating them a bit. So yeah. that was uh, that was some other big news. It's not transfer news, but still pretty, pretty good for Baylor. Yeah. And all right, that's it. Yeah. We are caught up now. We're caught up and we can start getting into offseason stuff. Um, award show coming next week. Um, gotta figure a lot of different stuff. We can start getting all the off-season content going. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Um, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating wherever you are listening. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Ishmael R Johnson. We will talk to y'all later.